Hello, I'm Jim and this is On The Left Side, the funny football show. Today's show is a little bit different to normal, partly because I can't bear to do another show where we just rip it out of Jose Mourinho for 15 minutes and partly because I wanted to share with you a truly inspiring story. On On The Left Side, we tend to focus on the negatives. It's just the way it is, the greed, the mishaps, the arrogance of modern day football. But every now and again, there is a story that flips all that on its head. You may be familiar with the story of George Dow, who we're going to speak to on today's podcast. He's been on TV a bit, you might have seen him in the press, but if you're not familiar with who he is or what he does, I'm not going to tell you anything for now, because I want you to hear him tell his story for himself. There may not be a lot of laughs in today's episode, but by the end, I guarantee you, you'll have a smile on your face, because George's story is genuinely 100% inspiring, and I hope you enjoy hearing it. Hi, George. How are you? Yeah, not so bad, thanks. How are you? Very good, thanks. So, people listening to the podcast today might not know your story. They might have seen you on television or caught up with news recently, but I deliberately wanted to not say everything in the introduction because before we get into more recent times, I wanted to find out a little bit about your past, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So, tell me about your early life. You grew up in Worthing. When do you yeah, um, remember first getting into football? Well, I can't really remember a time where I wasn't. Do you know what I mean playing football? I think my dad always used to say I was kicking the ball around for as long as he can remember. So I used to go along and watch his games. He used to play for some local teams, like county teams in Worthing. So I used to go and watch him. And I think he took me to join Worthing United uh, when I was about five, playing for the under five. So yeah, for as long as I can remember, really, I was playing playing football. So it's always been quite a major part of your life growing up. I suppose for any kid growing up, or the majority of kids, football does become key to their bond with the dad and their friendships and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, a lot of my dad's friends at the time, I don't know how they must have got lucky or something, but they all had kids at the same age group. So we all sort of joined the same team en masse and we're still friends to this day. So like you say, it does definitely build a bond through whatever sport you choose and football was the sport I, I chose. So who were your footballing heroes at that time? Who were you watching on the pitch and going, that's who I want to be one day when i was growing up i used to well and still do i think he's still a great bloke david beckham was the bloke i was yeah most wanted to be like i suppose i used to get my hair cut like him and also <laughs> i went through quite a few different hairstyles when i was younger did cut my hair and the spiky my hair had all sorts going on dreadful <laughs> so it's a bold look it's a, it's a bold yeah. one to go at and for a while yeah, it's a lot of bold look. i suppose it looked like there was potential that you might follow in those footsteps you might one day reach like the the top echelons of football even though it was a fairly modest start everyone wants to be a professional footballer so that was always the dream whether i would have got that far or not probably not but i wanted to play at the highest level i could and it was sort of on my path to doing that really through joining worthing at under 18s and then i had a couple of appearances to the first team which have been semi semi pro at that point and yeah that was the aim really was just to keep playing football and trying to get as far as you could to make a career out of it I think everyone who has ever played football, and it doesn't matter what level you've played at, they have one moment from their footballing career that they play over and over again in their head. One highlight, it could be a goal, it could be a spectacular tackle, a save or whatever. What's yours? I think I was probably playing, I was playing for Worthing United in a under-15s county cup semi-final and mm. we, we were I think we were 2-1 down at the time and I'd just come back from injury it was my first game back so I came on off the bench and uh, managed to score sort of a, a screamer from outside the box across the box into the top corner which got us into extra time and then we went on to win win the game I think 
that was the highlight probably it was, it was good can you still see it can you still see the ball flying into the top corner yeah yeah and funny enough I came went to injury time or extra time I should say and I had to come off because I pulled my hamstring oh, no. <laughs> so I came on for like 10 minutes and then I came straight back off <laughs> But it was good while it lasted. So you're a young lad growing up in Worthing. You've got aspirations to play football. You're playing with your some of the kids you grew up with. You're playing for your hometown club. But there was one incident that kind of turned it all around for you and changed the course of your life from there. What was it that happened next? Yeah, I was involved in a road traffic accident and unfortunately uh, left me paralysed from the chest down. So I yeah no longer play football anymore and um yeah just looking for things to do next really i spent a lot of time in a sort of spinal unit having rehab after the accident mm. and they sort of try and prepare you for life after your spinal cord injury but how, how does, yeah, that, how does that go because i think for most of us we can only imagine having a conversation where We've been in an accident, we wake up, we're speaking to doctors and there's a moment where they tell you, in your case, you're not going to be able to walk again, you're not going to be able to play football. It's, it's almost inconceivable for most people to imagine what that moment's yeah. like. Yeah, no, yeah, I can appreciate that. And, and to be fair, they didn't tell me straight away, they tell the family because I was pretty yeah. out of it on high doses of painkillers and all sorts. So I was pretty out of it for the first few weeks. So they were, I think as well and rightly so I think looking back on it but the doctors and that are quite blunt about it they just say exactly what what has happened and what the likelihood of mm. you walking again is and in my case it was you know, do you know I mean he won't walk again and will be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life at that point do you accept that you've got a doctor telling you that you got a an injury that's going to change your life forever do you accept it or is there a part of your head going no fuck off i'm going to carry on doing exactly what i want to do i'm going to beat this you know a part of you thinks oh no surely this can't happen to me i you know do you mean it will just be temporary and in a few weeks time i'll start getting feeling back and everything will be fine i'll be the one that's different to everyone else but yeah the longer it goes on you obviously realize actually that's not going to happen Mm -hmm. and in this situation you've got to try and either make the most of it or sit around and sulk so i chose to try and get over it as quickly as I could. I had good friends and family around me and sort of, yeah, just tried to keep my mind active really and work out what I wanted to do going forward. How old were you at this point, George? Uh, 17. And when you completed your recovery and you got out of hospital, that's when the real part of this story starts, I guess, and why I described your story as inspirational. Because you made what I think was a really unusual choice at this point, because I think most people who were in your situation would take that opportunity to look after themselves a little bit and kind of, they would have earned the right to be a bit selfish. But you decided to do exactly the opposite of that and try and give something back. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said earlier, football was my first love really, and I wanted to try and stay involved in the game. And while I was in hospital, all my mates were saying, oh, you should start a team and stuff when you... When you come out, we'll all come and play for you, which I did do. And then, yeah, everything spiralled off the back of that, really. And uh, the chance to get involved with the team I used to play for came up. And I didn't want to turn it down, really. And I wanted to jump on it and try and make a facility for the town that, when I was growing up, wasn't available. When you say get involved in the club, what do you mean by that? They were sort of struggling financially at the time. And uh, I think a couple of weeks away from 
going bust. So I, I came down and spoke with the, the directors at the time and said what plans I have for the club, which would be to put a 3G pitch down and yeah. do you want me to make it a facility that was open all week long and that more of the community could use. So it wasn't just open two days a week for match days. It was open all week and you could have community teams training here as well as the first team, as well as youth teams and all sorts. So I went on to run with the idea and yeah, bought the club completely and, and did it <laughs> and did it basically. Yeah. So got the pitch laid, got the bar done and here we are today. Yeah. It's an absolutely insane statement that at the age of 17, 18 to go, yeah, I bought the football <laughs> football club. When I was yeah. 18, I had a little bit of money and most of it went on beer. Uh, a little bit of it went on a car an old mini I had, and that was kind of it. So I guess the, that wouldn't have stretched to a football club. So I guess the elephant in the room here is, how did you find the cash to buy a football club? And also, why was that what you decided to do with that cash? The cash come from, uh, I guess, my compensation claim. Right. The reason behind doing it really is I needed to stay active. I was already struggling for things to do. Obviously, all my mates work so during the day they're not around and I'm sort of just stuck at home twiddling my thumbs not really doing anything and got to a point where you're not even really talking to anyone because you're just at home all the time nothing to do and I was desperate to stay involved in football so if I had a football club chances (laughs) are I'm going to have some involvement in football giving myself a job and a purpose for the rest of my life. That was going to be my next question actually because obviously it's an amazing gesture you've done it for 100% the right reasons to build this community within your local which is what football clubs should be they should be at the center of their community they always used to be at the center of their community geographically as much as theoretically and you've kind of put that a little bit back into the club and done it for a hundred percent the right reasons but was there a small element there of you saving yourself of needing something to focus on a little project that you could work on oh yeah a hundred percent i always say when when anyone says oh thanks for doing this thanks for doing that i always say i did it for myself as well Although the outcome of it is great for the community and stuff, it was also to save myself a little bit because I just didn't want to be stuck at home doing nothing the whole time. I, I, I like a project and something to think about and something to do. So 100% there was always always that bit where I was doing it for myself as well because I needed to keep myself busy. And a byproduct of that is that the club was saved. And yeah, it's now a, a club right at the heart of its community, which is exactly what I set out to do, which is brilliant. The achievements are massive already. Just saving the club is a massive achievement. The development of the ground is a massive achievement. But what's next? You must be looking to the future and going, that's where we're going next. Is the conference the aim? Is it to become yet more ingrained in the community? Yeah, always more. Always trying to be more in, uh, ingrained in the community and build different links with different people and uh, try and get involved with schools, start to invite them down and send our coaches into schools. It's all that we're trying to achieve. We're also just launched an education program which um, is a college course within the club so we've got we've got a classroom now and they do a BTEC sport diploma and they also train so they train four days a week and then play their games on a Wednesday but yeah when we first come in our five-year plan was to get two promotions to get us into the conference cell in year one we got one promotion so that was that was a great start <laughs> and then last season we finished sort of 15th I think and then this season we're pushing now to go ahead and try and get another promotion. I think we're second at the moment, so wow. that's the aim. Fingers crossed. Three years left of it. It's genuinely an inspiring story of when life kicks you in the knackers, getting up and come out swinging. And I absolutely love what you're doing. It's absolutely amazing. People might have heard of you from a recent TV show that I've got to mention as well, because you appeared on the Undateables 
recently. You didn't find a lot of on the undateables, but you did find an army of uh, adoring fans on social media afterwards. So, are you still single? Is what everyone needs to know. Uh, no, I'm not. I've been in a relationship for uh, probably, I think it's nearly two years now. Wow. So, yeah, no, like you say, as a result of the show, I didn't necessarily find love. But yeah, since since the show, I have. So, all's well in that department as well at the moment. Just out of curiosity, when you were contacted by the TV show and they said, we want you to appear on a show called The Undateables, <laughs> what's that like as <laughs> someone contacts you? You're like, hang yeah. on, <laughs> why, why are you suggesting I'm undateable? Yeah, no, no, I, yeah, I, I'd already heard of the show. I think there were quite a few series in it. I was a fan of the show and it was, I, I, liked, I liked what they were, like the actual meaning behind the show is that they're trying to prove that there's someone out there for everyone. So, although, yeah, the title of the show is pretty uh, pretty alarming but <laughs> yeah no I, I, I knew what the show was about and as soon as they said that they wanted me to do it I was I was up for it I thought it would be a good experience and, and it was it proved to be a, a good experience and some more exposure for the club I suppose which was always good George you're a top man thank you very much for spending some time speaking to us this is a little bit different to what we normally do on this podcast but I heard about the story I, I did some research into what you've been up to and I thought it was just so inspiring and I thought it's exactly the, the right antidote to most of the football stories that you tend to hear in certainly the upper echelons about uh, greed and selfishness. So I thought we needed to shine a little bit of light on the great work you're doing at Worthing. So thank you very much for coming on. And I think you may not be able to emulate David Beckham on the football pitch anymore, but Bex desperately wants a knighthood. And if you carry on doing what you're doing, I think Sir George Dow. Has a lovely little ring to it. <laughs> yeah, I'll beat him to it. That'll be, that'll be good. Nice one and good luck with the club. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you very much. You can find out more about George's story and the work of Worthing FC at their website, worthingfc.com. We'll be back to normal next week, ripping out of everything we see on and off the football field. So if you want to get that podcast as soon as it's ready, make sure you have subscribed. Do it however you listen to podcasts, wherever you find your ear candy, but do it now. And give us a follow on Twitter at On The Left Side. I'll see you next time.